Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Belize Billboard Radio. Yes, hello. Hello, hello. Greetings, radio listeners. My name is Papa Smith, and I welcome you to the inaugural show of Belize Hard Talk, The Tipping Point. This is our very first show, and um, you know we're going to have to work out a few kinks with regards to the format. But basically, what we want to do is to have an opportunity to touch on a number of issues, different topics that are affecting Belize. And also hearing from you. Our initial guest is Mr. Will Mejia of the People's National Party here in Belize. And Will is running a little bit late right now, so in the meantime, we'd just like to have a discussion and see what topics are of interest to you. For anyone who's keeping track of, <coughs> excuse me. Anyone who's keeping track of things that are taking place in Belize, you know there is no dearth of issues or concerns to talk about. I mean, we could run the gamut. For those of you who may know of me through Facebook or any of my other exploits, um, I'm a fairly outspoken person, just a, a normal Belizean who's interested and committed to seeing viable change come to our nation. Um, I have no political agenda. I just want to see Belize move forward. I won't say that I'm apolitical to the, uh, within many respects. Uh, it depends on one's perspective. But my perspective is that I am totally fed up with the PUDP system. And I believe that in order for Belize to move forward with regards to having meaningful change, it is imperative that Belizeans, both at home and abroad, move beyond this red and blue paradigm that we've subjected ourselves to. We truly need to get out of that rut, because for as long as many of us can remember, we've only known red or blue. Yes, in, indeed, there have been a few attempts at alternative movements, and please notice the terminology that I use, alternative movements. I'm not talking about third parties, because in my humble opinion, when you speak of third parties, you're automatically and inherently giving credence to the red and blue paradigm, as though those are the only two things that are important. So I'm very, very careful with how I, I verse certain things, and well, that's the terminology that I choose to use when talking about the political scene in Leeds. 
I wish that um, <laughs> I could see a show of hands for those who may be listening right now, but I would like to get a feel from you in terms of are you satisfied with the state of affairs in Belize, whether it be politically, socioeconomically, or what have you. Just to give you a little background with regards to my perspective, I'm of the opinion that, unfortunately, politics permeates every single aspect of Belizean society. Uh, once, about a year and a half ago, I was on a, a local radio program, and I made that statement, and the host challenged me. Of course, everyone is entitled to their opinion, and I respect everyone's opinion. Like I like to say, I reserve the right to respectfully disagree. But when you really go to look at it, and it's very unfortunate, politics is what basically impacts every every single aspect of Belizean society. Um, let's take a look. I mean, we've had issues after issue, not only from this particular government, but other governments as well. Year after year, we're faced with the manipulation of the Belizean population, the electorate, by the standing powers that be, that being the PUDP. For those of you who may not be aware of what I mean when I say PUDP, it's basically a bringing together of the PUP and the UDP into one. Because as far as I'm concerned, they represent half a dozen or one and six of the other. Indeed, their modus operandi, or the way they go about doing things, might be slightly different. But the bottom line is that the PUDP enjoys a symbiotic relationship. It's a relationship in which they feed off of one another, they buttress one another, and in essence, when you look at our system of governance, which is first past the post, it calls for a government and an opposition. And within many respects, that's how they operate. They realize the, the rubric that has been set in terms of our system of governance, and to the detriment of this nation and our people, they exploit it to the max. There are numerous examples that we can refer to. And that's why I'm hoping that Will can make it here soon because I'd like to, you know, make it interactive and have um, his opinion on certain things. But for example, let's 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 deal with the issue of the the Christmas cheer program. Now, everyone knows the old saying that Cruffy like free things. Well, Let's say Cruffy loved free things, and basically it's true. Now this uh, Christmas cheer program that's being initiated by the government of the day, it's nothing new. It's been happening for years. But quite honestly, I believe that we need to take a really, really, really serious look at, number one, what it calls for, what it entails, and basically, what type of mentality and environment it promotes, and in the long run, the attitude of the individuals, our electorate, towards it, in addition to 
what are the effects? Now, I would challenge anyone to question whether or not politicians of virtually every ilk, or I should say the red and blue colors, who have not utilized the gullibility of our electorate to their benefit. We see it every time when it's election season. All of a sudden, those who are aspiring to be our quote-unquote representatives make themselves accessible. They come to your door, they come to your, your work, they find wherever you may be in order to, number one, make your promises, and number two, give you handouts. And I'll be quite honest with you, it's, it's a shame. It's a downright shame. You know, we always talk about Belize being a, a democracy and whatnot, and I guess within certain respects it is. But when you have the powers that be, and again, when I say the powers that be, I'm not limiting, limiting it, it solely to <coughs> excuse me, the current government, I'm also talking about uh, the opposition. But when you have the powers that be who manipulate the system to such an extent that once they get in, there's no accountability, then we have a problem. But the problem doesn't rest solely with the powers that be. The problem, I should say, the, the gist of the problem lies with the people. Because we allow ourselves to be manipulated every single time. When a politician comes to you and makes you promises and gives you a blue note for your vote, you're not only selling out, but you're selling out your country. You're selling out your your franchise. You know, I'll be the first to say that times are hard. We have people in this country who are living at a level that should not be, especially given the fact that Belize has so much natural resources. But, again, it's a cycle, it's a vicious, vicious cycle. It's a vicious cycle that we ourselves, collectively speaking, facilitate. Now, again, there are a lot of different prescriptions with regards to how to go about making that change. And when we talk about corruption, it's widespread. It happens at the highest levels to the lowest levels and in between. And one of the things that we must do individually is to take it upon ourselves to take a stand. I must say that I am very heartened with regards to news that I recently received by way of the local media here in Belize in terms of the stance that has been taken by the VIP, the vision inspired by the people. Uh, it's just something, a tidbit of information that I came across the other day, but apparently VIP has consulted a legal mind and they are going to take action, legal action, against the government of Belize for its negligence with regards to, I believe it's this uh, situation involving Elton Penner. 
and quite possibly um, Edmund Castro. I'm not quite certain if it involves the, the latter. But I must commend the VIP for taking a bold stance. Um, it's a breath of fresh air. I'm hoping and praying that something constructive will come out of it. And we need more initiatives, proactive initiatives such as this, to move forward and to hold government accountable. You see, and again, everything I state here is just my humble opinion, but the politicians of both the red and blue have this thing down to a science. They have our people psyched out, or shall I say we allow ourselves to be psyched out, to the extent that they know full well that no matter all the hardships that Belizeans experience throughout the year, right around this time, just prior to Christmas, they're going to take that proverbial carrot and dangle it out in front of you. And as I said, Crofty love free thing. And most of us, we are ticket. Now, I'll be the first to say that, well, times are hard. Some people really need it. But you have to understand the dynamic that is involved. By virtue of partaking of the, the gifts, or shall I say the crumbs, that they extend out to the people, because trust me, if they can allot so many thousands of dollars to not only area representatives, but also caretakers for areas that their particular uh, political persuasion are not represented in the House of Representatives by, then trust me, if they can give out so much money to individuals for this quote-unquote Christmas cheer program, can you imagine just how much they're keeping for themselves? So when the politicians come and they offer you the crumbs, yes, some of us are very downtrodden, some of us are in need. And I would not fault you for utilizing whatever resources are at your disposal. But there has to be an ever-growing and underlying consciousness or cognizance among the electorate with regards to these type of things. Now, just because a politician comes and gives you a ham or a turkey, that doesn't mean you're supposed to forget all the ills that the government or the powers that be have subjected you to. When I talk about the ills, I'm talking about, well, what they deem to be white-collar crime. Look at this situation with Eldon Penner. I mean, let's be real. <coughs> Excuse me. Had it been me who had done something, anything akin to that, I'm quite certain that I'd either be under serious investigation or in lockup right now. I mean, we have to call a spade a spade, people. We can't have a selective memory, and there is no need for us to engage in partisan... How can I put this? I don't want to be... I, I would like to say I want to be politically correct, but... There is no, there is no place for partisanship when it comes to the equitable distribution of justice and accountability. I don't care what your political persuasion may be. I don't care if you are a staunch supporter of 
party A or party B or even party C. The bottom line is when our elected officials, our representatives, do wrong, we must hold them accountable. There is no question about that. <coughs> One of my major concerns with the psyche of, of the majority of our people is that more often than not, I guess it's because of the way the majority of us have been born and bred, if someone steps in front of you with a, a legal degree and they rattle off a few things that sound quite eloquent, for some reason our people buy into it and become mesmerized. They believe that because a person is talking in legalese, that they're the smartest people on the face of the planet. And that's not necessarily the case. I mean, we have had countless examples of what I call lawyer politicians who have used their silver tongue skills to tantalize the public. And at the same time, they do their underhanded deals behind your back. And then when they get caught with their hand in the cookie jar, they talk themselves out of it. Or shall I say, we allow them to talk themselves out of it. It's really, really disturbing to know that our people, well, I guess, I guess it's safe in saying a majority of our people, appear to be comfortable with that. You know, I am not the type of person to to rail up, rail up, rail up, per se. I think it's good to express your opinion, but it's also essential that you buttress that with action. I see no reason why civil society, including the unions of this nation, have not taken a massive public stance with regards to this passport scandal. I mean, it's utterly ridiculous. It's mind-boggling to see how complacent not only our people, but our civil society have proven to be. It's as though, and this isn't hypothetical, the situation is, 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 is clear for all to see. People need to take responsibility. Obviously, our politicians are unwilling to do that because we don't hold them to any standard. They give you a blue note at um, election time when Christmas rolls around. They give you a ham and a turkey. And for the rest of the year, they do as they please. I don't know about you, but I am totally dissatisfied with this this whole dynamic that is occurring. Many people say, well, what are we to do? What can we do? Well, the first thing you have to do is to take a stance. You have to take a position. You have to take a stance. You have to be proactive. You know, I believe that in terms of governance, a lot of us, we have it twisted, or shall I say, bakwe, in terms of how we perceive things. It is not the people who work for the politicians. The politicians work for the people. We put them there. 
we don't put them there to enrich themselves. We put them there because they need, they are vested with the responsibility of acting in the best interest of the nation and people, of the people and nation of Belize. But somewhere along the lines, this system and practice of patronage, along with other ills, has taken precedence. Now, I'll tell you the truth. Belize is a good country, but it could be exponentially better if the people would show an interest, be proactive, and hold these politicians to some degree of accountability. As I said, there are countless examples of where individuals have just totally broken the trust that should exist between the electorate and those elected to represent them. And it's almost become, well, I wouldn't say it's almost become, I'd say it's endemic. It's just the way it is, and it's, it's got to stop. It really has to. When people think about the socioeconomic situation in Belize, now, it's interesting, because you, you find that, well, you have those that I deem to be political hacks, who no matter what their party does, they could be guilty as sin. They could be caught red-handed with their hand in a cookie jar. And no matter what, they will find a way to try and explain away this abhorrent and despicable behavior. On the flip side, you have those who are maybe partisan to the opposition. And they're looking to nitpick at every little thing, which is in fact their job under this uh, system of government. But my problem with that is this. You have these individuals who have their talk shows every morning, both on the red side and the blue side. The red side will praise the government in anything and everything they do. The blue side at this point will criticize government for anything and anything they do. But the bottom line is this. It's all hypocritical. Because once government changes and the flip the script is flipped. What do you think is going to happen? I think we, we, we saw a situation like this with that group, uh, if I recall the name, the Association of Concerned Belizeans, ACB. Does anyone remember that group? I can recall they were very, very vocal about a lot of things. They were out in the media talking about the ills of the government of the day. And it seemed as though, you know, they had the interest of the best interests of the people at heart. Yet when government changed, it's as though that group just totally, totally dissipated. I don't claim to be up to date on every, every, everything, but I'd like to pose a question. When last have you heard from the ACB? So that's just one example. But, as I said, 
if we're sticking solely to the overt uh, party partisan elements, for those people that rail up on Vibes Radio every day, my question to you is this. When the government changes and those whom you support are in government, will you be as fervent in your criticism as you are now? And on the flip side, the wave radio, those who are on there singing the praises of everything the government does, even <laughs> when it's obvious that things they're doing is blatantly wrong, when you're in the opposition, will you be as supportive of the government of the day? Or will you just basically take up your quote-unquote constitutional role and start to pepper the, the government of the day for everything that they do? You see, this is the problem. We have to move beyond this. It is this party partisan rhetoric, rhetoric and BS that is, is slowly choking this nation. There is no reason for these to be in the state it is. You know, from an economic standpoint, of course, an economist will argue that, well, we have such a small population and whatnot. And I understand the economic dynamic of it, but I also take a, an alternative view with regards to population. Because one of the things I say is that with the population being so small, There should be ample resources in this country for its inhabitants. One of the things I'd like to touch on also is the significance of the diaspora. Now, uh, I remember <laughs> many years ago, a friend of mine, Mr. Bilal, told me, he said, Paco, he said, if someone claims to be a Belizean, and they say they now got family or <laughs> someone that states <laughs> something wrong. And I would have to echo his sentiments. Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be the states because we got Belizeans worldwide. We have Belizeans in the UK. We have Belizeans in Canada. On that, I'd like to give a shout out to my two cousins up in Toronto, Canada, Dirk and Lennox. What's up, guys? Hope you're tuning in. But we have Belizeans worldwide. And I'll be honest with you, I believe that it is imperative in order for Belize to move forward that we embrace our Belizean brethren and sisters in the diaspora. It's very, very important that they are brought into the fold and that we have them we embrace them let's be real there is a lot of expertise out there homegrown Belizean expertise and also the offspring of Belizeans who have been born abroad and I'm quite certain that a majority of them have a love for Belize an inherent love 
In terms of their contribution, there's no question. Belizeans in the diaspora remit millions of dollars to this nation. And I think it's imperative that we recognize that, not only from the fact that they provide a lot from a financial standpoint, but also that we must acknowledge what else they bring to the table. We have Belizeans in all walks of life abroad, who I am quite certain are more than willing to become actively involved in the development of their homeland. So this ties into a very hot-button topic that we've been talking about on Facebook quite a bit, and that is diaspora voting rights. I see that Mr. Will Mejia has just, just joined us, so I'd just like to welcome Will to the show and have him say a few words, introduce himself. I don't know who no know Will, Will Mejia. This is a brother in the struggle, as I mentioned, from way back when. And uh, definitely, uh, let's hear a few words from Will, and then we'll get back into the conversation. Yeah. Hello. So, um, just drive up this long drive from Fiji, man. Wow. But it's, you know, I can't understand the condition of this road. How are we gonna expect the economy to move in this country if we're gonna if we're not gonna invest in infrastructure? The time it took me from Fiji to Dangriga, which is like a hundred miles, it's like half the time it took me from um, that. I, I I spend more time between Dangriga and Bromopan than from. Mm. PG to Dangriga because the roads on that side much better, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I can only imagine you—you may really take lick on that road. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, one of the things that amazes me is that on that same road, the Hummingbird Highway, you would say like hundreds of millions of dollars worth of fuel get shipped out on that every year, and they can't take like a million dollars or two million dollars to fix the potholes. You know, it's ridiculous. It is, man. It's totally ridiculous. And, you know, I think you've touched on a topic that is, is very important. You know, I was just having this little soul thing before you came. Yeah. And one of the things I'd like to, to touch on is how matters are not distributed equitably in this country. Well, I mean, yeah, to start with the Christmas chair program, you know. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I know the Christmas chair program. You have divisions, like I come from Toledo East Division, that have, you know, close to 20,000 people. And you look at a division like where the prime minister come from, or the ex-prime minister, <laughs> and those divisions are so much smaller. Mm-hmm. And then they get 90,000 or how many thousand, plus to share among that small population, mm-hmm. same amount of money is dispersed the one with the bigger population, so there's no equity in it. Definitely, man. Again, you, you touched on a very, very salient point. One of the things that I really advocate is um, the advent of proportional representation. Oh, yeah. You know, like you said, the Prime Minister's constituency is m- minuscule compared to Toledo East, Toledo West. Yeah. You know, when you look at the amount of people that are represented 
and the amount of representatives that you have down south. Yeah. There's no question that it's not equitable. But well, look, let me tell you something. And this is the thing that gets me why it's a PUDP administration. No matter which one of them are in, it's the same thing. From the Sibun to the Sarstoon, which is almost 4,000 square miles, half of the country only have four area reps. And just right here in Belize City, on the north side or the south side of Belize City, half of Belize City, they have like four to six area reps in an area less than four square miles. Yet, in an area of 4,000 square miles, there is like only four area reps. Right? It just makes absolutely no sense. But what is amazing about that is in the past, or even up to now, neither the PUPs nor the UDPs have said anything about that. It seems like status quo. Believe the politicians run things. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, when you really go to look at it, let's, let's juxtapose that back onto this Christmas cheer so-called Christmas cheer initiative by the government. Two points I'd like to point, make um, in that regard. Number one, they always they talk about they don't got no money, they don't got enough money for do this, they don't got enough money for do that. But yet, in the constituencies where the current government are not represented in the House, they still have money to give their so-called caretakers. Yeah. That's ridiculous, man. I mean, that's abhorrent. That should not be tolerated, you know? Absolutely, absolutely not. That, no, no, no. But again, the people of this country have to wake up. If they don't wake up, then we're just going to continue to get walked over. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not like, they, they, they find a way to silence the people. Because right now, look at the carnival, the Norwegian cruise line. They give exclusivity in the south. How are you going to give an exclusive um, exclusivity in the south? You know, it's ridiculous. But they see what's going to happen. They notice the people in the south don't make a lot of noise. They're not like the Canaries up north. Before you know it, there'll be Guatemalans being tour guides, bartenders, waitresses, and whatnot in those places that these big cruise line operate because that's how they are. That's real. That's real. And that's very insightful. And people, we have to wake up. We have to wake up because, I mean, basically, it it's how we. Yeah. We allow the politicians to do these things. There's no accountability. We, we don't hold them to any standards. We don't hold them to any standards. And everything just goes as, as is. It's a downright shame. And we must move forward. We have to move forward. But talk is cheap. What do you do? How can we move forward and, and make this happen? Well, one of the things we can do is to band together. We have to be conscious. We have to... Spread the word. One of the things that I have to admit is that in this day and age, we have a clear and distinct opportunity to make change. I'm going to utter two words. And for any of you who have been up to date over the past five years or so with regards to world issues, you'll know what I'm talking about. And the two words I'd like to to utter are Arab Spring. Now, you know that in the Middle East, there have been movements of liberation. And one of the catalysts of those movements is the advent of social media. I'm a big proponent of social media because through Facebook and other means, 
we have had the opportunity, and we've also seized it in many instances, to make a change. And this is where I really want the Brother Will to come in, because this is one of the issues that he is very, very, very well known for, and that's that vexing issue of Guatemala's unfounded claim on our sovereign territory. But what I personally find more vexing is that we have our Belizean representatives at the so-called highest level who seem to want to accommodate the Guatemalans and the OAS in their madness. Will, let's have a few words from you on that issue. Yeah, well, you know, we all know that the Guatemalan claim is an unfounded but we have, oh, again, we go back to the PUDP administration, where none of them are serious about tackling this claim and put it to arrest because we could, you know. But yes, this this last week, and I have right here on my phone, um, so much illegal activities that taking. We went on a border patrol earlier this week, um, Tuesday to be exact. It was just ridiculous to see the amount of things that's taking place, the exploitation of our natural resources things that's uh, going out of this country. You notice that, you know, in this country right now, is that we have a situation where everybody come and get rich from our natural resources. What we are advocating for is so that we could secure these natural resources. So even if the economy is not doing well, we have enough fish to eat, we now have enough um, food to harvest and that kind of stuff. But the way it is happening now, that's not going to be long because there's no kind of sustainability in the way the resources are being extracted. And both UDP and POP refuse to do anything about it. Like I was telling you earlier, in the south where Guatemalan fishermen are now coming over, exploiting Belizean waters and selling the produce to Jamaicans. I mean, and while Belizeans are sitting by there, not government, nobody doing anything. Bro, make I tell you something, man. I really, really appreciate you sharing that with us because I can only put it very, very bluntly. That's a damn shame. Yeah. It's a yeah. damn shame, man. So we natural resources are being exploited by Guatemalans and then being exported to Jamaicans. You know, I'll tell you the truth. I am all for real integration. I have no problems with SICA. I have problems with CARICOM. I'm a proponent of CARICOM. But one of the things that we have to do is that we have to hold our representatives and our elected officials accountable. Because trust me, there is a ministry that needs to deal with that, needs to look into that. I should say that there are several ministries that overlap with regards to issues of that. That's illegal trade. That's an incursion upon our sovereign territory. That involves fisheries. That involves um, international affairs, foreign affairs. But yet, they sit back, they turn a blind eye to it, and after we resources are being raped and taken out of this country at the de to the detriment of our nation. So, hey, the, the problems and the challenges abound. And one of the things that I've been saying, Will, is that, you know, in terms of where we stand right now, we hold the power. The people hold the power, but for some reason it looks like the majority of the people don't understand that. They have this paradigm flipped back way. It's, it's upside down. The politicians, they work for we. We don't work for them. Yeah, but it's definitely upside down. That's the way. This morning you should see the amount of people acting all desperate at the house of a caretaker 
That's even an elected official getting rid of our taxpayers' money to in the name of the so-called poor. Come on, man. Uh, well, what they are creating is like a welfare system. They want us to, the, the people to become so dependent on them that they just rule with this iron fist. Absolutely, absolutely. And I, I tried to touch on that a little bit later, but I'm glad you've chimed in. You know, I said earlier that there's no doubt that times are hard. There's no doubt that times are hard. And if someone chooses to take what they want to give, well, you take it. But you have to understand that you do not have to be beholden unto these people. You don't have to turn a blind eye to when they do foolishness. Now that whole concept about having a caretaker for an area that they're not even involved with, I mean that they're not even elected to represent, I have a big problem with that. I have a big problem with that. I also have a problem with this whole Christmas cheer concept. Because as you said, it is ushering in a welfare state mentality, a welfare state uh, disposition, and basically, we are subjecting ourselves to the whims of the politicians because they know once you get that ham and that turkey, you forget all about Pentagate, yeah. Castro Gate. You know? How many babies died at the Belize City Hospital at, at the Carl Huesner? 11 babies? Yeah. I mean, these things, man, these things happen. And then all of a sudden, we just catch amnesia. No one has been held accountable for that tragedy at the, at the KHMH. And it's ridiculous. Our people just sit back and take it, take it, take it. And, you know, it just, it just sickens me. It really does. Because we have allowed the politicians to act as though they're demigods. What they say go. And, you know what? We don't even bother to challenge it. And until we're willing to step up to the plate, take a stand, and, and, and not only take the stand, but hold the position, this madness will continue. You know, Belize has too much natural riches and natural resources, coupled with a very small population. I was blessed with the opportunity to study abroad. I've been to Jamaica. You're looking at a, a, an, an island nation with a much larger population than ours, and smaller land mass. And when I tell you it's dog-eat-dog, dog, I mean it's dog-eat-dog, dog, right? But the bottom line is this. I just use Jamaica as an example because when you compare and contrast the two, there are so many opportunities here in Belize with regards to our natural resources. But we allow the politicians to manipulate us, and then they do as they please. I mean, it's, it's just... I shouldn't even say mind-boggling because it's, it's par for the course. This is how it is. And what's so unfortunate is that it appears as though, due to the complacency of the Belizean electorate, that they're okay with it. Yeah, man. You know, they believe, and that, but you know, it boils down to the education system, Paco. Um, the political parties they try to keep people out of school instead of in school. This is one of the few countries in the world where we have 50% or more of our youth that is out of school. And the reason for that is because they want them to be that way where they can't think for themselves so that they could manipulate them. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a very good point. You know, and speaking of education, I'll have to say that huh, education is the key. It definitely is the key. But we need to educate our youth to think outside the box. Because it's the fact that we are in the box 
is what's causing a lot of the problems. Yeah, but you know, like I say, when you have half of your young population out of school and less than 4% of them even in tertiary level, it is crazy, you know? That's right, that's right. And, you know, people may call me a conspiracy theorist, but I honestly believe, with all my heart, that the politicians know this. They know it, and they exploit it. Because, unfortunately, what I've seen from successive governments of Belize, whether it be red or blue, the bottom line has been to stay in power. And whether it's at the detriment of the people or not, the actions that I've seen occur over many, many years bear, bear it out. You know, we have a long way to go, but I feel good when I see brothers like yourself and also in the diaspora. I have to give a shout out to Hubert Piperberg, uh, a brother in the struggle based in Los Angeles, California, who is very, very insightful, very learned, and is more than willing to assist in the struggle. We also have other brothers that have contributed to the Belize Territorial Volunteers. Sam, Sam Smith, the guy from New York, you know, I think he's sending on some stuff for us. But one of the things that, you know, very important right now, I'm getting a lot of reports about the amount of incursion. As you know, the January offensive where the Guatemalans, they take that time to come in, begin to clear land, so they get ready for their planting season. That's happening right now. So we need to make a trip, except that, you know, right now, that's deep into the interior, so we need to, like, you know, the little finances to get so that we could help those guys so that we could go in there and document what's going on because if not, man, they're just taking out all kinds of stuff. And this happens on an annual basis. Man, I tell you. Well, yes, um, we just touched on an initiative that uh, will spearhead the Belize Territorial Volunteers. Its purpose is to, to get out there, to be proactive, to demonstrate through action what is taking place within Belize's sovereign territory. We've had six excursions. We've been to all three border points, the markers at uh, Gracias a Dios, Aguas Turbias, and also Garbutt Falls. But as Will just mentioned, those may be the three border points, but trust me, the Guatemalans don't necessarily come in at the, at the border points. Well, they're so, <laughs> so breezing right now, they're coming in right at the border points. Well, that's yeah. a shame. Because, you know, cow know where weak fence they, and, that, uh, and that's what's happening. They know the Belize government, the PUDP government, don't give a darn. So, like, Belize is free for all. For them, I mean, Belize is so free for all. I mean, look at the Chinese population. As I was coming up today, my brother, I came through Bea Vista, one of the poorest villages in the country of Belize. And the mega stores that is going up in that village, there is no way. You know, no way that those stores could support themselves. So something is going on. Why is it that the government is not, like, checking these things out? How can these people afford to have... In fact, just between here and Ladyville, look at those super stores. Well, you know, I mean, how can they, like... How can that happen? And that's here in Belize where you have a little more population, but in the south where the population is not as much, but these guys are putting in these super... Supermarkets, super super stores. It's really, really. Um, it begs one to 
the query, the question. Yeah, a couple trips that I made down south, indeed, I saw mega stores going up in small, sparsely populated areas, and it's really interesting. I, for me, it just demonstrates that the, the government today uh, simply is not doing its job. You know, they're not doing its job, their job. They need to batten down the hatches, so to speak, and not target the small men. But look at look for the big man that's doing these major things that is taking place. But you know what it is? The bottom line is that a lot of these politicians more than likely are involved. Well hey well hey man, when you have like how many like Chinese got um I think they said it yesterday in the news, visas to come to Belize, if each one of them are paying X amount of dollars, that's ending up in the hands of politicians. They don't want to close, you know, the gap. They do not want to make things better because themselves are benefiting from these financial gains, selling off visas and passports and those kinds of things, you know. So it, it's crazy. Yeah, man, it's, it's really, really a shame. And it's, 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 uh, I have to put a little adjective in there. It's a, down, it's a downright shame. It's a damn shame, man. Because, you know, like I said, before you, you join, join me, um, Earlier on, I was talking about the, the whole concept where, unfortunately, our people seem to be mesmerized by these lawyer politicians who admittedly have silver tongue, right? And they utter a few eloquent words, and everyone seems to get mesmerized. They think that, oh, because he or she's a, um, excuse me, a lawyer politician, Liar. <laughs> that they're smarter than everybody else. I'm not convinced that... These liar politicians are smarter than anyone else, but one thing I can say is that they're very shrewd and they're very cunning. And until our people move past this mental block that we've chopped and start to call a spade a spade and realize that the Lee handout where you get, whether it be every week or whether it be during the, this so-called Christmas cheer program or whether it be on election day, the bottom line is that you're allowing yourself to be manipulated, and you have the power to stop it. And trust me, these liar politicians and politicians of virtually every ilk, they will not give up the power that we have given them. They won't do it. They won't readily give it up because they enjoy it too much. I must admit, I must admit that... Um, I watched the news last night, and man, I don't call no name at this point, but let me tell you something. This whole issue with the Tenor Gate or the, the <laughs> passports has really, really shown some light on, let's say, the disposition of certain individuals who are in positions of power or influence. The arrogance that I see coming out of uh, certain camps is just really, really, really distasteful. I mean, man, people, they come to you, like, I guess you could say, a wolf in sheep's clothing. And at the end of the day, you get to see the cutoff of it in gym. And the old saying that my mom, God rest her soul, used to always tell me, she said, there are three things that come not back in this life. One is the spoken word. Once you say it, it's already gone. You can't take it back. Two is a spent arrow. You know the concept of a bow and arrow? 
Once you let that arrow go, you can retrieve it, but you can't take it back. And the third thing is neglected opportunity. When I look at the opportunity that was there for certain individuals to do the right thing, and they opted to toe the political line, just makes me shake my head. But hey, they say what happens in the dark shall eventually come to light. Definitely. You know, one of the other things that I know, I know that, you know, we were on this show and timing is about, so we, we got some uh, um, time is coming near, but one of the things I'd like to touch on is the whole voter re-registration. Um, you know, when, when the, these like people in there as ministers, I was thinking, okay, they don't have to worry about con a constituency. They don't have to be worried about voting in or offending anybody. Go in there and do the right thing. But so far, I have not seen hardly anything change in the election and boundaries um, division or department, you know. And uh, we need to change those. How are things going to change? Well, it seems like, in fact, Maybe like people are put there to make sure that everything remains as is. Absolutely, absolutely. Man, the challenges abound when it comes to this beautiful nation of people. And one of the things that I believe must so true is the old adage: when you have a, you could set a, a cup of water on a table and fill it to half. And depending on one's perspective, they'll either say either half empty or half full. On a personal note, no matter what, no matter how dire things look in this beautiful nation of ours, I will always see that cup as being half full, never half empty. And I believe that a lot of people need to really, really assess what their perspective is with regards to where we stand in this nation and whether or not they want to see better. Trust me, and I say this with the utmost conviction, for those who believe that better will come by just basically exchanging black dogs for monkey, no, we've seen it time and time again. A leopard never changes its spots. In order to at least move forward, we're going to have to get a new crop of individuals who are ready and willing to sacrifice for this nation because Neither the red nor the blue will do what needs to be done. We have numerous examples of it. I'm so sorry that we only have like two minutes left, but we're a little bit pressed for time. But in closing, I'd just like to thank Brother Will for being here. You know, um, again, this is our inaugural show, and we just wanted to have a little discussion. The next time we air, we're going to start on time, and we're going to have a lot of topics to, to discuss. But I just want to thank Will, man. Thanks a lot for coming through. I want to like thank all the listeners out there. Wish everybody a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Be safe. And, you know, make that comment for 2014. What will we do to make our country a better place? Say's words from a, a brother that I know that's down for the struggle. And I'd like to echo his sentiments. Uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to everyone out there. Belizeans both at home and abroad. And uh, I believe on, in, in the next show we want to touch a little bit more on Belizeans in the diaspora because they're a valuable resource that cannot be overlooked nor neglected, especially in terms of their rights. So with that, I'd like to thank you very much for tuning in to Belize Hard Talk, The Tipping Point. My name is Michael Smith. I really appreciate you. 
tuning in, and if you didn't catch us live, this will be podcast, and check it out. want to hear from you, because only through your proactive involvement, and I mean everyone, can we move Belize out of this rut, this With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.